America's fastest-growing TV network, the new TNN. You sure can, Brooktini. Anything, too? Now, Daddy's here, too, brother. Go get him, Splash Woman. Yeah, dude. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new TNN podcast. This is Johnny C, as always. And hey, how come I don't sound more excited? Well, I am excited because it's time for a brand new show here in the annals of the new TNN. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Splash Woman, the story of one woman's journey to make a splash in the world of non-sports-based entertainment. Yes, it's come to this, folks. It's time to talk about the former number one rated VH1 reality-based television program, Brooke Knows Best, the story of the one and only Brooke Bolea Hogan and her journey to break free from the chains and the the barriers laid down by her parents. I guess you could say that she finally knows best. She's finally on her own, and it's her life, and she's going to live it. Now, there's no way that I could do this journey alone. So I brought in a very special co-host of this show, a man who claims to know quite a bit about the inner workings of the Hogan family. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Bulkster. Bulk! Welcome, and uh, what can you tell us about yourself that might help us you know, understand why you're the best person to co-host this show? Well, let me tell you something, Johnny Dude. The Boxer knows a thing or two or twelve about Brooke Teeny, brother. I know all the ins and the outs, if you will, dude. I've been there since day one. Kind of like the Usos, if you will, Johnny C. And let me tell you something. I, when you first messaged me to come on and talk about Splash Woman, dude, I didn't understand what you were talking about. Because I don't want people to get an idea in their heads that Brooktini just splashes around for anyone, dude. Well, no, Bulk, the thing, the idea is here on the new TNN, all of our programs are named after uh, robots that Mega Man fights in the Mega Man video game series. It's kind of a little in-joke I have for myself, but, uh, you know, it seems to usually go with the flow. Like, I make it work, and Splash Woman's the only female robot in the entire Mega Man anthology. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. I guess it's the game maker's fault. There's no one you can really blame but them. Dude, I don't know what you're talking about, these robots, man. You're trying to tell me that out there somewhere in the world, there is a robot, Brooktini, dude. I don't know, actually. Can you give me a hold of that robot, Brooke T? There's a couple things I'd like to ask her. And maybe a couple of things I'd like to get a peek at, Johnny C. If you know what I'm saying, dude. You want to, like, inspect her for tattoos or something? Yeah, dude! That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to inspect her for tattoos. But when these robots come to life, Johnny, like, how did that all happen, dude? You know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I spent a good many years on the road, churning and burning, putting in the hours, making the hard dollars, you know, providing for my family, doing what's right for America. I don't know much about these robots, dude. How, like, how do I get one? I guess that's the most important question uh, about this entire show, dude. Because the Bulkster, I feel like there's a lot of things I can do with a robot. I don't have to necessarily be a robot Brooktini, dude. Although, that's got to be uh, number one on the list. But I can always use a couple other robots, dude. Hey, you know those you know those wrestling dudes? Uh, Harlem Heat? Can I get a couple of Harlem Heat robots? I'd like to tell them what to do, dude. 
Oh. My. Fucking. God. Bulkster. You're worse than the real thing. <laughs> dude. It, it, it's just that I like to have some friends, dude. And that's, that's the real thing, brother. I mean, I guess if I commit to you, you know, at this point in my life, uh, you know, things, things are a little bit better for the Bulkster, dude. You know, every once in a while, I head out to the Superdome, and there's like 3,000 people, or 300,000 people cheering my name, dude. But, you know, the only reason I wanted Harley Heat was to, be, was to be my friends, dude. You know, I could just use somebody to maybe tell some jokes to, or, you know, maybe play some cards with, brother. Or maybe just, you know, even, uh, you know, bang around in the studio for a little bit, dude. You know, I used to be a musician. I just... Harlem Heat are cool dudes, dude. Um, I wouldn't just tell them what to do. Uh, they'd also be my friends, too. You know, as long as nobody else is around, brother. So you're telling me that you would value Brian Nobbs' friendship over the friendship of a couple lovable robots who would be there for your every... You know, we're not even having this conversation! It's done. We're here to talk about episode one of Brooke Knows Best from VH1. Now, Bulkster... The first episode of Brooke... Well, you know what? Forget the first episode, Bulk. Let's talk about the concept of Brooke Knows Best. Brooke Hogan, of course, blasted into the limelight as one of the many cast members on the VH1 reality show Hogan Knows Best, in which a Hulk Hogan, a Linda Hogan, a Brooke Hogan, and a Nick Hogan sort of acted like fools for TV cameras. Your response? We don't do... I think the easiest, and you know, I'll tell you, Johnny, the, the thing that I think you've gotten wrong about the little premise that you've dropped on us, Johnny, is that we weren't really acting like fools, dude. I mean, that's just kind of how we were in our everyday lives, you know? A Hulk Hogan is the same way that he is in front of a camera, the same way that he is off-camera, dude. And as long as a Hulk Hogan is aware that there's a camera on, dude, I think he's going to act that way. Well... I'm not going to disagree with you. Well, Hulk Hogan, not you, Bulk, certainly has a history of acting a fool whether or not he knows he's on camera. But the premise of Brooke Knows Best is that, you know, Hulk and Linda are getting divorced. Nick is in jail, which I'm not going to say anything, and I'm not going to make any jokes about, okay? But Brooke's almost 20 years old, and she's ready to move out on her own. And good for her. So season one began on July 13th, 2008 with an episode that's, pro- that's you know, rightfully entitled Moving In. Would you like to give us the plot synopsis, Bulk? Sure thing, dude. All right, so moving in. With her 20th birthday approaching, Brooke Hogan prepares to leave the family home and move into her own apartment in Miami Beach, brother. Despite the divorce... <laughs> Despite the divorce, both of her parents are there to aid her and move. But Brooke fears they're over... That her overprotective father may not be as ready to let go as she is to leave the nest, dude. Alright, thank you for the synopsis and the unique uh, mouth noises, Bulk. It's always appreciated. Now, Bulkster, the theme song to this fucking TV show. You got anything to say about it? Dude, I'll tell you, I think, you know, the reason that this song didn't get to go to a number one hit, dude, is VH1 
You know, they were really dialing it back, dude. You know, the promotional materials for Hogan Knows Best versus the promotional materials for Brooke Knows Best, dude. You know, we had a contract. And, and within the contract, dude, you know, we'd stipulated that one of Brooke Hogan's songs become the theme song uh, for the season, dude. But, you know, VH1 wasn't really dialed in, dude. Uh, you know, when they read the contract, and while they did play one of Brooke's songs, you know, we were hoping it would go be the, the Paul Wall song, dude. The, you know, they don't really know about us, dude. Dude, they don't really know about us, brother. But, you know, because there's a Paul Wall involved in a Brooke Hogan song, they start with a Brooke Hogan-only song. R- right, and it's very, 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 like, 18 times very reminiscent of the Ashley Simpson show. You familiar with that? You know, got stains on my t-shirt and I'm the biggest flirt. If you want my auto, what? My autobiography, dude. Baby, just ask the Hulkster, dude. See, so you are familiar with the Ashley Simpson show? Yeah, yeah, dude, I am. I'll tell you what. Um, you know, when I'm hanging and banging in Venice Beach, dude, there ain't a whole lot to do, uh, you know, after the divorce, dude. So I'll call some Ashley Simpson show, brother. Great. So, Brooks moving into this ridiculously lavish... I don't know what you want to call it, condominium-based community as we catch up with her. And she's really, really, really excited. Now, she's got someone tagging along with her here on move-in day. Who was that? Oh, uh, that is Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, dude. That is correct. Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea is with her. And I got to tell you, Bulkster, one of the things that really, really stood out to me in this opening sequence as Brooke is moving in is that, you know, Hulk Hogan found a way to meet with the property manager of this condominium complex, being saying things like, well, hey, you know, this is Brooke, dude, and she's moving in, and you're going to see a lot of me around here, dude. Hey, what kind of security you got around here, brother? You know, all kinds of shit like that. Um, would you say that Hulk Hogan came across as paranoid? Well, you know something, Johnny, dude. I don't think it's paranoia to want to see your offspring rise to success, dude. And I don't think it's paranoia to want to make sure there's plenty of cameras all over around Brooke Teeny's house, dude. Because you never know what someone might try to break in like a no-good stinking giant, dude. I mean, Hulk Hogan, the person, has a lot of enemies, brother. Okay? And, and, you know, you just need to make sure that Brooke Hogan is taken care of and making sure that when she's showering, dude, that's when a person's the most vulnerable, brother. So I want to make sure we got a couple of cameras in there. That way I can make sure, you know, if someone tries to sneak in, behind a Brooke Teeny dude, and maybe, you know, put her in the, uh, you know, the abdominal stretch or something, dude, that ain't gonna happen on my watch, Brooke Teeny ain't tapping out, dude, Brooke Teeny ain't gonna lose to some no-good intruder, but you know, what if he wants to put her in the backside, brother, slam her down for the one, two, three, Hulk Hogan doesn't approve of that, dude, that ain't any kind of finish that I've ever been a part of, dude, Brooke Teeny ain't taking the one, two, three with a goddamn backslide. Interesting that those were the locations of which you wanted to make sure that the cameras were placed. And you know, I'm not here to judge. Well, you know what? I'm just going to back off my usual. I'm not here to judge routine and just let uh, the listening audience judge the bulkster. Now, Brooks' lavishly ridiculous, expensive looking apartment is fully furnished. Bulk, would you say this is nepotism at its finest? Yeah, dude, I like I like nepotism ice cream, dude. You know what? I, when whenever there's a birthday party, brother, and somebody offers the bulkster a slice of cake, I'm always taking it. But, dude, Johnny, I gotta tell you, when I'm offered nepotism ice cream, brother, I, I, all I ask is that you cut out that strawberry part. It's a little too fruity for the bulkster, if you know what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, I mean, 
I know what you're saying. You're not saying anything in regards to what I asked, but it is what you're saying. Yep, that is affirmative, dude. That's correct. Now, three bedrooms in Brooke Hogan's apartment here, uh, Bulkster, and they all look really nice. Um, I understand that Brooke has a roommate here that we are going to talk about just in a little bit, but she's on the hunt for a third roommate, a plot thread which is unresolved here in this first episode, Bulkster. Now, at this point in the narrative, you helped her start moving some stuff in and, you know, making sure that everything was getting taken care of, you know, and then you took some time to hang and bang and chat afterwards. But I really want to know is, Bulkster, were these boxes all just empty and they filmed you lifting them and carrying them when in reality you hired a moving company to do all of it? We know hiring, Johnny, is is something that's usually done with a contract or some sort of written document, dude. Okay, the boxer isn't aware of any sort of paperwork or a paper trail, dude. The boxer's aware of every paper trail he's ever done. I mean, we may have paid a couple of no-good college kids, dude, to carry these boxes in, all right? But right afterwards, the boxer kicked them right out and did all the heavy lifting himself for the cameras, dude. All right, so you just couldn't even fucking move in your own daughter to her own apartment like a normal human. That's not what I'm saying, Johnny. I think those are words that you're saying. I'm not digging the creative direction you're taking the show, dude. I mean, this is Splash Woman. It's not Ass Woman. So quit acting like an Ass Woman, Johnny. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'm not going to, uh, you know, get too angry or anything like that. Now, she's all moved in and everything's ready to go. And we talked about that empty third bedroom, Bulkster. At this point, Hulk Hogan, Terry Bollea, wonders aloud, hmm, maybe I should move in. I'm good for the money, maybe, and I'm not here very often. I'll just drop in occasionally and drop right back out. And, you know, Brooke's very human about this. She has a normal human reaction, despite the fact she's on a reality TV show. You know, we love our parents. Do we want our parents to move in when we're trying to move out on our own? No. And so she politely is like, oh... You know, Dad, thanks, but no thanks. You know, this is my own place. This is sort of my chance to spread my wings. Very normal, very human. She's like, I mean, gosh, Dad, what if I wanted to walk around naked? And you know what, Bolster, before you say anything, I see a salivating. But she was just trying to make a point. She's just trying to be a little silly. You know, the cameras are rolling. Maybe I'll say something goofy and, you know, people will laugh at the show. After all, we're just here to entertain the people while giving them a slice of my life. But, Bolster, you really took this quite seriously you know hogan was like well brooke i don't think you should now johnny see that is not exactly what hulk hogan said dude all i said was real simple brother i said you know brooke teeny i don't think walking around naked in your own apartment is despite the fact that your own apartment is what you want to really be doing dude because what if you know people have binoculars people got telescopes and everything too dude and you know what there's some tall buildings around you, Brooke Teeny. People can jump off and parachute down and try to get a little click-click with their cameras, dude, okay? And what about the people that are up over on the beach parasailing, dude? What if no good parasailer smashes in your window like it did Ed Leslie's face, dude? And they're just trying to get a shot of the Brooke nipples, dude. I don't know. I don't think this is very liable, dude. There's a lot of risks We're living at the beach walking around naked, dude. And, and, and that illustrates my point perfectly, Bulkster. The recall that you had on all of the different ways to sneakily view a Brooke Hogan nude kind of made it sound like, I don't know, 
These are ideas you might have had at some point in time, or they might have been various ways that you were able to get a peek, Costanza, you know, throughout the years on the road traveling, you know, you, me, Harley in the tree, if you will. Uh, what, uh, what, what, do you, what do you have to say about this? Any defense to the fact that you're a big perf? Well, dude, I am pretty big. Um, I'm more of a, I'm actually a Leo Virgo with an Aquarius rising, dude. I don't know about a perv, dude. I'm more, you know, tell you the truth, Johnny C, you know, uh, I'm I'm a Balkamaniac, dude. I live by the three demandments, okay? The three demandments uh, of living life as a bulkster. Binoculars, telescopes, and parasailing, dude. Oh, wait a minute. I mean, the three demandments are uh, brook, uh, nipples, and vagina. Oh, God, I forgot the three demandments, dude. See, Johnny... You, you told me Splash Woman was going to be a fun look back on some of the some of the, some of the shows that I made when I was hanging and banging with Brooke Teeny down at Miami Beach, dude. And it sounds like this is a cross-examination. Do I have to get my legal beagle, Jimmy Hart, in here, dude? Bulkster, goddammit, I told you I don't want to be a goddamn part of this. So get the fuck out of here. I don't want to be in your life anymore. I'm leaving. Um, bye, Jimmy. Thanks for coming. Didn't even get a chance to introduce you. See what you did to my legal beagle, dude. You made him so upset. Give me one second. I gotta compose myself, dude. All right, that's fine, Balkster. You can right overhead and compose yourself, as you're saying. But ladies and gentlemen, now we're introduced to Brooks' roommate. He shows up unexpected, but it's time to meet Glenn. The Glenster, if you will. Now, only Glenn's friends get to call him the Glenster, dude. Right. Uh, Glenn Packard. I believe is his name, according to the uh, Wikipedia nonsense and what have you. Now, Glenn, at least here at first look, seems like a decent guy. Uh, but, Bulkster, it seems at first you're okay with Brooke having a roommate of a male species nature. But then later on, it seemed like you were trying to cross-examine the Glenster, as you call him. What's this all about, dude? Well, Johnny, it's, it's funny you ask that, dude, because, you know, as a father, okay, dude, you just want the best for your children, and you don't want them to be put in a position where they could be compromised, dude, or maybe find themselves, you know, where they're waking up with an unexpected wiener in their mouth, dude. I mean, there's risks everywhere you look in today's modern age, dude, and the main reason I wanted to take the Glenster out to lunch, dude, was just to make sure that he wasn't trying to sneak one in on Brooktini, dude. Right, right. So you were afraid that the openly gay man would suddenly, based on the beauty that is your daughter, magically turn straight, like some sort of absurd variant of chasing Amy, and suddenly decide, hey, my best friend and roommate is asleep, maybe I should put my dick in her mouth and see what happens. You know, Johnny, I don't know if that's necessarily the words that he would use, but yeah, dude, I mean, you pretty much nailed it right on the head. Oh, fuck. I did? How? How, How, Bulkster? I was trying to literally say the most absurd thing possible, but yet I nailed it right on the head. Johnny C, dude, you just got a mind for the business, brother. What can I say? It's kind of a compliment, dude. Ah. Well, to make matters worse, Bulk, I think it's time that we finally, you know, dissect and break down what is the, the most shocking, in my opinion, scene of the entire episode. So, Hulk and the Glenster go to some sort of, uh, I don't know if they're in like a diner or fucking Ernie's Juice Bar or Starbucks. It doesn't really matter. But Hulk sits right across from Glenn. And he's all like, Glenster, dude, you know, you're gay, which is cool. He does the typical, you know, some of my best wrestling friends are gay, dude. 
you know, to let him know that it's really okay, Glenn. I'm okay with who you are, Glenn. But then he says, quote, Glenn, is there like a weird gray area, dude? Glenn then assures the hoaxer that, yeah, dude, I'm gay. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to try to fuck Brooke Teeny. Hulkster replies, quote, uh, How do you know you're gay, though, dude? Oh, my God. What What do you have to say for yourself? Well, you know, Johnny, it's kind of funny that, that a lot of these, you know, when you're on a reality TV show set, dude, brother, a lot of these things are taken out of context. You know, what I actually said to Glenn was, How do you know you're gay, brother, dude, Glenster? Okay, so I dressed him by his proper name, dude. There's nothing wrong with me asking these questions, brother. Of course, if you're going to ask someone a question, you need to, you need to use their name in a proper light, Johnny C. You know what I'm saying, dude? See, you can see right there. I said Johnny C. You know what I'm saying, dude? And they cut out the part where I said brother, dude, Glenster. So I understand how it could come across as asking a poorly worded question, dude. Usa. So, the poor Glenster admits, you know, he's like, you know, uh, I was with some girls when I was younger in my life before I figured everything out, you know, and that's, that is a very open and honest thing that he's sharing with the Hulkster, you know what I mean, dude? God damn it, I'm talking like you. <laughs> but then the Hulkster wants to know, oh, okay, brother, that's cool, dude, but, but how, how long ago were you with girls? To which, <laughs> god damn it. He says it was a really, really long time ago. A really long time ago. And you reply, quote, Okay, that like really throws me off like on the big, big, big barometer of gayness, dude. Like, where are you on the gay scale? Like, one to ten, with like ten being the gayest, dude. I mean, where are you at? A barometer of gayness, sir. Your words. Well, Johnny, you know, what I like to do when I come into a juice bar type environment is I like to take the temperature of things, dude. But, you know, in this juice bar, I got the AC real cranked up, so I couldn't take the gay temperature, dude, on the thermometer. So I need to use the gay barometer, dude. That's what I'm going for here, dude. Glenn says, I, this poor man has to say the words, I'd say I'm gay. I wouldn't say I'm the gayest, but I would say I'm a 10 gay. Alright? See, Johnny, what you're doing is you're sort of painting a picture of inaccurate statements of the character of the bulkster, dude. The, my gay barometer is really strong in real life, dude, but, you know, my emotions are coming into play here, brother. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm thinking about Brooke Teeny as I'm thinking about this, dude. I'm thinking, really, I'm thinking about that surprise wiener that she might be, you know, uh, reflecting upon. I'm thinking of that surprise wiener that's going to be in her face, dude. You know, she's having a delicious dream. She starts smelling things. She starts dreaming of, like, bacon, dude. Because, you know, wieners kind of smell like bacon. You don't learn that, you know, unless you get real close to them. But I'm in the wrestling business, brother, and I've had a lot of bacon across my face. And, you know, Brooke Teeny's having a delicious dream of crispy bacon, brother. And all of a sudden she wakes up like, oh my goodness, I'm going to take a delicious bite of this crispy bacon, dude. But she starts sucking on the bacon and it's a wiener. And I can't have that, dude. And, you know, the gay barometer is a real thing. Alright, see, some of my best friends, like I mentioned, were gay. But it's not just related to the wrestling business, dude. Okay? And, you know, some of my friends are straight. 
And that's okay too, dude. You know, I've got lots of straight friends. Around this time, brother, I was hitting the streets of Miami, enjoying some of the nightlife with some of my best straight friends in the real world, dude. Me and Ricky Martin, the Rickster, brother, and me and Wentworth Miller, the Wentster, dude, we're out there looking for all sorts of Miami Beach trim, dude. And it's the early 2000s, so being gay wasn't really a thing yet. And so the Wentster and, and the Rickster, they would teach me. You know, they'd say, oh, Hulk, Hulk brother, dude, if we're going to this bar, dude, Dude, something you need to be ready for. You need to be ready for the ladies to come up to you and want to touch the 24-inch pythons, dude. But in this bar, you see that guy right over there in the suit, dude? The guy in the nice, big, bright pink suit with the yellow bow tie, dude. That guy looks cool in that suit, but he's gay, brother. And that's cool, dude. I'm okay with that, Seaster. But I want you to know, the Winster and the Rickster would let me know, hey, that guy might come hit on you and want to touch the 24-inch pythons. And there's no need to get aggravated about it, dude. Just know that it's going to happen. And that's okay with the Hulkster, dude. Or the Bulkster. It's okay with all of us in here. You know what I mean? But they taught a Bulk Hogan how to, you know, really smell the gayness, dude. Your straight friends, Ricky Martin and Wentworth Miller. Ricky Martin, multiple-time platinum recording star. And Wentworth Miller, the star of Prison Break and some shitty DC TV shows. Those were your straight friends, correct? Um... I don't recall if I said that under oath, dude, but I did say that. So, just remember, I'm not under oath, dude. Oh, they might deny it. I don't know why they would, but yeah, uh, that's what I said right here on your Johnny C show, dude. The Splash Woman, Splash Girl, you know, splashing all over my face with the juices, dude. That's what Splash Woman's really all about. But yeah, that's what, that's what I said. And did your gay barometer, as you called it, sort of, you know, go off when you were hanging around these two? No, no, see, it only works on a gay individual, Johnny C, dude. That's, that's you know, that that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So it's not broken in any way, shape, or form. I'd say it's strong, dude. You know, I haven't charged the batteries in a while. I actually, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest with you, dude. I was hanging and banging down on Miami Beach, riding Harley, and it fell out of my backpack, dude. That's why I've converted to all fanny packs. Mm-hmm. So, um... You know, finally, you're ready to give the kidsters some alone time back in the apartment, being Glenn and Brooke. And there's this, there's this really unique moment where you're like, you know, all right, dude, I gotta, I gotta hang out, uh, go, go move the moving truck, dude, because uh, somebody called and complained about it. Brooke and Glenn are like, okay, that's fine, okay, see you in a bit. And you kind of paused and looked long, looked longingly in their direction, and you made a noise, which was actually a word from the English language, okay. But do you recall saying, Sweet! Yeah, I'll recall that, Johnny. I watched the episode. Yeah, so that's... That... Sweet. Kind of made it sound like you didn't want to be alone, and you were begging for one of them to come with you. Would that statement be accurate? Um, I, I don't recall. Okay, okay, fine. You know, when you not were not around, though, Brooke Teeny and Glenn, the Glenster, they started talking about your divorce with Linda, and, you know, it makes Brooke sad. It's a hard thing for a child to go through regardless of their age. You know, when a family unit comes into conflict, it's difficult to deal with, I'm assuming. And, you know, I kind of feel like Brooke might be in a place where she's ready to move on from your divorce. But earlier, her mom called, and it seemed like you wanted to get the 411 on what Linda was saying. No, that's not accurate, dude. I just wanted to know if Linda was on the phone, dude. Because if she's calling Brooke Teeny, I can't call her. And, and why would you want to call your ex-wife? I don't recall. Oh, my God. Okay. 
that's fine. That's fine. But do you do you by any means think that you know uh, any of this is your fault as to why Brooke is experiencing an extra level of anguish? What do you mean by my fault, dude? Well, Brooke says, quote, In this whole divorce thing, I don't know who to believe or whom to trust. Do you think perhaps the years of carny nonsense and the way that you've lived your life have made Brooke feel that you can't be trusted? No, I don't think so, dude. Okay, that's fine. Now, after you moved the truck, you came back into the hotel and you got into a little bit of shenanigans. We mentioned earlier that you met the manager. Yeah, Big Sam, dude. Yes, Big Sam, the manager here at Brooks Apartment Complex. Now, clearly, you're calling this guy Big Sam to bring attention to the fact that you're really big and he's really tidy. Would that be accurate? I don't recall. Okay, fine, fine. Do you recall asking him if the penthouse next door was available for perhaps you to rent and move in and live next to your daughter? I don't recall, dude. All right, fine. Well, thank God you didn't rent it. But you did leave Big Sam your number and asked him to call you in case there were any ruckuses. Do you recall this? No, bro, I don't recall. Okay, that's fine. Do you recall when a sexy lady walked by and you said, Oh, man, I might have to rent that penthouse after all. I recall, dude. I recall. You know, it's not every day, Johnny, dude, that you're in a, a penthouse of a, deli- of a, a beautiful plaza and, and some cheeks come walking by. You know what I mean, dude? No, I don't know what you mean. Um, and then you appear to give him some sort of carny-based handshake. Do you recall any of this? I mean, is this some sort of, like, uh, a carny brotherhood thing that you and you, the, the folks you travel up and down the road with for all the thousands and hundreds of miles when you're hanging and banging down at Miami Beach or Venice Beach or, you know, Toledo Beach, anything like that? You know, when you're doing two shows, one in the morning, one in the evening, and then hitting the red eye to Pittsburgh to get up to Bangor and then over to Toronto and then down to Buffalo and then over to Detroit into the Dakotas, coming around to Cody, Wyoming, doing a three-shot in San Antone, all the way over to uh, Glendale. Is this the type of handshake you do with your carny friends? Johnny C, dude, you're kind of making make me feel sad about my life, dude. I don't really appreciate that. All right, we'll move on. Uh, you took Brooke to Target, and uh, she was buying a lot of stuff that she was going to need for her apartment, as, you know, kidsters do when they get their first apartment. Sure, they might buy a few things they don't need and what have you. Uh, your innocent daughter, Brooke, just wanted to purchase a toothbrush holder. Uh, do you recall the problem you had with the toothbrush holder? Johnny, I feel like I'm... I, I kind of... Let me tell you something, Johnny C, dude. I kind of feel like I'm in the middle of a deposition, and I don't appreciate your tone, dude. Well, what's to say this isn't a deposition? Do you recall this not being a deposition? You know, Johnny, I don't recall, dude. All right, so you, you're you not 100% sure, and this isn't an actual deposition of which you're required to answer in a truthful nature? You know, I don't recall, dude. All right, so, so you know, it could be. You admit that it could be. Well, it could be, dude. All right. So do you recall your problem with the toothbrush holder? Yeah, I recall the problem with the toothbrush holder, dude. And could you tell the audience what your problem with the toothbrush holder was? It had four holes, dude. Right. It had four holes, dude. So you're worried that someone might come over and use your daughter's extra hole? That's an objection, dude! You can't object! You're not a lawyer! Answer the question! 
Can you repeat the question, dude? All right, we're moving on. Uh, Brooke Teedy then went on to purchase some Flintstone vitamins. Did you approve of this purchase? You know, considering your first amendment is indeed to take your vitamins. I don't recall if it was Flintstone vitamins or Hulk Hogan vitamins, but I would approve of the purchase of vitamins as long as they're taken in a way that are directed by a physician of a legal nature, dude. This isn't your first rodeo, is it? I don't recall. All right, Jesus Christ. Now, you went off to uh, purchase some items for yourself, Bulkster. Meanwhile, Brooke purchased a lot of things. Three items of note that I made that I just wanted to, to touch, touch base with you about. How do you feel about Brooke Teeny purchasing a pizza cutter, a fly swatter, and a turkey baster? I don't approve of those purchases, Johnny C., and would you mind sharing with me why? No, I would not. Can you share them with me then? Yes. What it okay. Mr. Bulkster, what is your problem with the purchase of these items? Well, Johnny, these could be instruments uh, of pleasure. You know what I'm saying, dude? I mean, some people like to cut themselves. You know, and that's fine, dude. I'm not judging that. My, I don't have cut dar, dude. But some people do it to make themselves come, brother. And, you know, fly swatter can be used in the act of spanking, which can pleasure a brooktini, dude. And not to mention a turkey baster, dude. I think I don't need to explain to you, Johnny C., all the things you can do with a turkey baster, dude. Actually, I, you would have to explain them, but I don't want you to explain them, Okay. Now, at this point, Brooke Teedy and Glenn were unable to find you in the Target store, and they called Target to have you paged. Do you recall the nature of the name in which they used to have you paged? I do. Can you state, for the listening audience, the name that was paged across the entire Target store? Hulk Teeny. Sorry, I'm sir. The, the stenographer didn't get that. Can you repeat the phrase? Hulk Teeny. Can you spell it? Uh, H-U-L-K-T-E-N-Y, dude. All right, Bulkster. I'll play your game. Do you recall what you were doing when you were paged? I do not, dude. Well, what if I told you I recalled what you were doing? Would you want me to tell the court what you were doing if I recalled it? I would not, dude. Do you recall why you may not want me to recall to the audience what you were doing when you were paged, Bulkster? I do. Was it embarrassing? No. Are you sure? No. Bulkster, were you or were you not openly eating unpurchased potato chips in the middle of Target? I don't recall. All right, let me slow it down for you. Were you openly, meaning in the open, in the view of other shoppers, eating, consuming, chewing, Potato chips of an unpurchased nature, indicating that you had not yet paid for them. I was. And you're not embarrassed by that? Only a little, dude. All right, well, it's come to Jesus moment, Bulkster. It's time to check out with all the goods that Brooke Teedy is purchasing. Do you recall what Brooke Teedy said to you at this point? I don't recall, dude. She said to you, sure is going to be a lot of money for me if I have to buy all this stuff. Yeah, I remember that, dude. So I, what I did was, it, it's basically MX Mania time, dude, because the Hulkster's basically made of money, and so I bought Brooktini, you know, just as a housewarming gift, dude. I brought her the stuff at the Target. Are you aware that you also purchased her a box of condoms? 
What did you say, dude? Never mind. The next night, you tried to get invited to stay longer by promising to stock the fridge. Uh, again, Bulkster, you were trying to become the third roommate. Do you recall what you threatened to do if you were not awarded the status of third roommate? I don't recall, dude. Okay, I will just remind you, you threatened to buy the building. <laughs> yeah, dude, we don't like to, I like to sometimes make different investments to find different ways to gain capital, dude. Different ways to expand my credit, brother. You know, just different ways to make sure that I'm penetrating in all the different markets. That way I can retire, you know, whenever I see fit. Bulkster, is it true you couldn't even afford to buy a plant for the building? I don't recall, dude. All right. Um, do you recall what you were worried about if you didn't get to stay in the Brooktini apartment? Well, anything can happen without a Balk Hogan present, dude. And I was just concerned that, you know, again, you're going to get a surprise penis in the face, dude. You're going to get a robber or a mugger or maybe someone, you know, is coming in to, to eat all your burritos, dude. Like, you spend the whole night frying up the meat, dude, and you get your fajitas all smoked. And you wrap up like 17 burritos, dude, because you need your protein. And you wake up the next morning and all the, all the burritos are gone. You say, Brutus! Dude, where are my burritos? Man, that's what I'm concerned with, dude. You know, you don't want to have a potential third roommate of a Brutus Beefcake nature, brother. That's all I'm saying, dude. That's all I was trying to get across. The next morning, your daughter and her roommate were awoken by a large drilling sound. Uh, Bulkster, you were at this point in time drilling a deadbolt into the door, which Brooke called, quote, an eyesore. Quite a fatherly thing to do. You then bequeathed her a taser? A taser, just in case someone, quote, comes parasailing in here. What's with the parasailing? I don't understand. Bulkster, have you ever parasailed into a nude woman's apartment? I don't recall. You purchased her a horn to blow. You purchased her a rape whistle. Do you, do you recall how you described this rape whistle? I do, dude. I described it as like a charm bracelet. And you'll find anything wrong with that. I do not. Do you recall spraying pepper spray in your daughter's eyes? I do recall that, brother. Okay, great. Do you recall what you said to her would be the good reason to carry the pepper spray? Well, yeah, dude. Imagine imagine if you spray that in some bad guy's face, dude, that's all excited and has an erection or something. I mean, he'd freak out, and that erection is going to go inside the pee-pee, dude. All right. We well, then told your daughter it was time to go home because you believed you were starting to smell like fish. Yeah, dude, the Bulkster's got to wear industrial strength deodorant or I start emitting like a fish-like smell, dude. It comes from years of hanging and banging on Muscle Beach, brother, dude. Well, they played some sad sack music and you did lots of looking back, but you had on a fanny pack, so you kind of looked like a douchebag. Do you think your fanny pack ruined the visual that was happening with the sad sap music to make you seem like a father who was going to miss his daughter? I do. I do recall that, Johnny. See, that fanny pack, dude. Uh, it's really cool, but it didn't work with the music. Yeah, no, it didn't. Well, Glenn was set, glad to see you go, and you drove off into the sunset for the end of Brook Knows Best, Episode 1. Yeah, it's a pretty sad ending, dude. Yeah, I remember turning the video off right there and being like, Oh, Bulkster, you know, the kids just gotta grow up. They're gonna leave the nest sometimes, dude. Did you know that after you left and you turned off the footage, there was an extra minute of footage that showed Brooktini in a bikini hitting on boys at the beach? Brooktini bikini, dude! Johnny C, get out of my way! Keep the stove on, dude! I'll be back after I rescue her. Keep the stove on, dude? 
I'm never doing this again. That man is insane. And I don't ever want to talk to him again. And this, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude the only episode of Splash Woman in the history of our sport. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. (sighs) But yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up the new TNN podcast here that you've just listened to. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a review, and share with all your friends. And uh, whatever you do, don't support the man that just ran out of my office. I'm Johnny C. And a winner is you.